right, we are back with another episode of On the Delo, and uh, I'm excited for this one. This is a, a gentleman that. Uh, well, how, how many years, Mark? How, how, how many years have we known each other? How long has Sorzo been open? I thought you were going to ask how long I've been a gentleman. Um, <laughs> <laughs> we've been open for eight years now. Eight years. Yep. Wow. And if you're watching this on on YouTube, um, well, uh, let me phrase it this way. If you're not watching this on YouTube, I suggest that you go over there because what I'm going to start doing is bringing on people better looking than me to help my algorithm. So Mark is going to be the first of the better looking people. It's got to be a small group, On, right? on the podcast. <laughs> it's getting bigger by the minute. <laughs> so let's, um, let's talk about your story a little bit. Um, I know that there's a lot of, uh, you know, baseball in your life, but baseball has now turned into hospitality and you're a father of three and you just got a lot going on. So, I mean, tell me what brought you to Arizona? Um, well, baseball initially brought me to Arizona. Um, when I got drafted with the Oakland A's, uh, they trained out here. So I was spending my off seasons out here. Um, but then as life happens, I was in Kansas City when I met my wife and she is born and raised in Arizona and just happened to be living in Kansas City at the time. So it made it pretty easy to kind of decide where we would settle when we settle down. Yeah, just transition out here. And it's kind of like uh, you're retired, but you're not retired. Like it's this is the Florida of, uh, well, it's either Arizona or Florida. That's where all of us go, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. That's funny. And, and I want to say you might be the first person that I've podcasted that has a Wikipedia page. So congratulations. Oh, well, thank you. Yeah. I'm proud of it. I, have I you don't ever, know how accurate it is. But yeah. I have you ever looked at one. it and seen? <laughs> <laughs> I actually, I, I remember doing an interview and someone was like, oh, everyone calls you. I can't even remember what the nickname was, but they had pulled it from my Wikipedia page. <laughs> but I think one of my buddies had like thrown something on there and nobody had ever called me that. So I was like, sure, I can go by that. That's kind of interesting. But, but yeah. yeah. I don't even know how that works. Like, are people just able to put in whatever bullshit that they want on somebody? I, I think so. I don't think there's any criteria. So, oh my god, I can go have some fun with it. Oh, that's <laughs> great. So, okay, so you were in the it was the 2002 Major League Baseball draft. Is that? Yep, drafted uh, at St. Mary's College in 2002. Okay, and then how long like did all that career last? So, um, O2 got drafted and it was cool. I was in the Moneyball draft. So, yeah. Didn't make the movie, but, you know, I got a <laughs> couple pages in the book. Which That's is awesome. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. But it was cool because I got drafted with a bunch of college guys. So, we're all, you know, same age and kind of same motivation and everything. So, it was, it was a really fun group to kind of dive into professional baseball with. But um, I was with the A's for that half season and then a full, two full seasons. I guess it. Yeah, anyway. Yeah, time flies. One full season, then uh, I was traded at the trade deadline um, in my second full season. So that was when I got traded over to the Royals, and the next year I made my debut in the Major Leagues. Yeah, and was the Royals your biggest stint? Yeah, I was there for five years. Yeah. We were not very good, but it was great for me as a young player. They kind of you know threw me in the fire so I could learn a lot at the big league level, and um, I loved Kansas City. I mean, it was it was we were not very good, but the people of Kansas City really embraced anything positive about the organization. <laughs> so thankfully, I was able to be that positive thing for a few years there before I got traded up to Chicago. That's very cool. Were yeah. you always like, as a kid, were you always like athletic or, or into other sports and other stuff like that? Or yeah, growing up, I mean, I have two brothers, so we were always in the backyard playing different sports. Um, but baseball was always the main kind of thing my my parents met because my uncle and my dad played on a baseball team together up in Canada so my mom went to visit her brother and met my my dad so um 
my mom's side of the family and dad's side of the family, everybody is hugely into baseball. So it was always kind of the dream growing up. Yeah. Um, we played, you know, every other sport imaginable. But, you know, baseball is kind of always the focus. And, you know, fortunately, it worked out. Yeah. And you have, you have dual citizenship? I do. Yeah. I, I file for dual citizenship because... My dad actually played for the Canadian national baseball team when he was younger. He played for numerous years, and I wanted to be able to kind of follow in his footsteps in that way. So I was able to play in the World Baseball Classic for Team Canada. Oh, so cool. That was, a, that was a pretty big deal, cool, yeah. cool thing for the family. Would you say that's your, one of your biggest professional moments, like doing that? I would, yeah. I mean, I would never made the playoffs. I was with the Royals for five years, White Sox for two, <laughs> finished in Toronto. But none of the – I think we finished in second place with the White Sox one year, but it was a distant second. It wasn't – Yeah. You know, we weren't knocking on the door or anything. So the World Baseball Classic was awesome. We played up in Toronto – and we played Team USA the first game, and it was you know sold out, and it was a tight game, and I don't know, it was just really really cool. And knowing like my dad's whole side of the family was in the stands watching, so it was it was really cool. Yeah, how far into your professional career like was it when you met Lauren and, and you guys you know got married and? Yeah, so my second full season, um, right at the end of the season, was when I met Lauren, and I had just had shoulder surgery, so. I was done for the year, and it was late September. We only had like a week or so left in the season. So um, met her one night being a third wheel for one of my buddies, and she was third wheeling for one of her, yeah. her friends as well. So it, it worked out well that we you know met there, and um, I kind of left for the off season. But in a lot of ways, it was nice because we got to know each other over the phone, and it wasn't just you know the pressure of seeing each other every day and figuring out a new relationship. It was kind of like got to know each other over the phone and decide oh this is actually something we both want to pursue this is pretty cool yeah, yeah. and and I, I know I know both of you and it seems like it's a relationship of just you know mutual respect and and you guys obviously I mean you're in the middle it seemed like of a professional baseball career and you meet a young lady mm -hmm. and you guys are all trying to figure out life together and I just I can't imagine like what's going through her head this whole time while you know kind of courting you and you know doing all this sort of stuff so yeah yeah it was it was, <laughs> I mean, it was strange and, and you know in that time of my life too like as a young ball player, you're always questioning, like, who is coming into your life for what reason or whatever right, else. But yeah. um, with her, it was easy. I mean, we got along really easy, really quickly. And um, I don't know, she, she had a good job in Kansas City, so it worked out well that I was playing there. And, of course, you know, years down the line, I get traded, and right. then it's always that of figuring out, like, I'm, of course, like, you have to follow me, but also we weren't married yet. So figuring out her working or whatever else. And she hated that. She, that's actually a big reason why we jumped into a business as soon as I was done playing. Cause she had always worked her <laughs> whole career or her whole life. Um, like I didn't work really when I was in high school and stuff and she had always had a job. So when it kind of got to that point of our relationship where I was like, sure, I, I'd like you to keep working, but also like, I'm going to drag you all over the country and I need you with me. Mm, <laughs> so, yeah. so anyway, it was, it was nice. Yeah, once we got married and she, she was like, okay, like I'm more comfortable. <laughs> right. Doing, doing this. That. But then it, same thing. As soon as we was, I was done playing ball, she was like, she wanted to get back to work and do yeah. something. So, and you guys waited to have kids. We did. Yeah. Um, <laughs> We waited to get married, too. I mean, we kind of, it wasn't like we met and got married a year later. We dated for about four years. I'm sure Lauren will say it was like six. Yeah, <laughs> right. I know. That's, women have a different timeline on that. Yeah, yeah. But, I mean, when we got married, we knew, you know, we were ready to kind of get to starting a family and all that kind of stuff. So, um, but, yeah, we didn't have our, our oldest until um, 
kind of the back end of my career. I didn't know that it was going to be the back end of my career, but yeah. uh, in 2012, I was back in AAA after playing seven years in the big league. So Lauren loved that. She was like, hey, we met in Kansas City, then we got to live in Chicago, some time in Toronto, and now I get to have a baby in Syracuse, New York. Right, so, right. So I'll never live that down. She was like, we can't go back to one of these you know, great cities. But anyway, our son you know, can always say he was born in Syracuse, New York. That's funny. And and then you played overseas too, right? Yeah, that was kind of random, but it's it was awesome. I mean, uh, spring training 2014, I was with the Giants, but the two years previous, I'd been back in the minor leagues and kind of tooling around. You know, the minor leagues are great when you're, you know, ascending towards the big leagues. And then when you're kind of on that back end of it, <laughs> it's not as great. You're doing exciting. it for passion at that point. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. I'm doing it for passion. And Lauren's still you yeah. know, following me around like, all right, are we, yeah. <laughs> we got to keep chasing that. I mean, and it is still the dream, but it's even harder. I feel like once you've reached the pinnacle and like lived out your childhood dream and, and tasted, you know, the big leagues to be back and, you know, I was also realistic. I'm like, what what do I need to do to get back to the big leagues and actually have a big league role? And, you know, it's like you got to go off and hit 20 homers and then you might get a bench job in the big leagues. And then, yeah. you know, but and baseball nowadays, like a lot of things is, you know, they're always looking to the younger player and, you know, maybe they can save a dime by, you know, bringing up a young guy. So it's a business. Yeah, well, for sure. It's yeah. A business. And I, and I benefited from that on the front end of my career as well. So like I couldn't complain, but, um, but yeah, it was, uh, 2014, I uh, was in spring training with the Giants, got released, and I knew kind of my playing career over here was done. So actually, Michael Lewis, who wrote Moneyball, uh, told me that he had um, studied over in Italy and kind of gone over there and written after he graduated from college and was just talking about living over there and knew that there was a baseball league over there. So we, a week later, booked Lauren. She's always the one pushing us to do right. you know, more. She booked us tickets, and we went over and checked out playing over in Italy. And um, as it turned out that year, I decided not to play. I was just kind of burn out the two years you know, on that decline of my career. Where, yeah. You know, it's not easy. So thankfully, three years later, a team called. And I assumed they were calling to see if I was interested in, like, coaching or something. Wow. Um, and they said, no, we'd like you to play third and, like, hit in the middle of the lineup. And I said, Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and I really hadn't swung a bat for about three years. Oh, my God. You know, once you're done playing, it's not like you just go. Right. You know, go hit a 90 mile for the fastball. Yeah. yeah. So, but again, Lauren, she's like, you know what? You can get back in shape and you can, you can go play. One of our friends said it well. They're like, oh, it's great that, you know, you guys are going to Italy. So Mark can play baseball. And Lauren said, oh, no. Mark's playing baseball, so we can go to Italy. But yeah. It's the other way around. Yeah. Not, you know. Did you watch the the uh, Rocky Four montage the whole time you were trying to train to get back into? Pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> to get back into shape for I it. I actually did this. You know, if, if you're going on YouTube or what, I don't. I think we put on Instagram, but I did this whole series of how to become an Italian baseball superstar. Oh and yeah. And just filmed like short clips of how I was preparing to get back to playing and. I don't know. It was it was fun, and I got a lot of buddies involved in and stuff. And I actually realized once I got to Italy, a couple of the guys didn't know I was kidding, so they were kind of like, "Who's this guy?" But right. eventually, they eventually. got to know me, and it was it was great. Is that? Um, have you always had a, a love for wine? Yes. Um, actually, that's not true. No, I no I, no. When I was younger, I never you know Boone's Farm in high school. I right. Guess, exactly. <laughs> but. Um, no, it, it was actually Lauren and I were just looking at a picture. I didn't. I thought it was earlier in my career, but I guess it was about 2007 or 8. Um, we had a day off in Oakland, and Lauren had come out because actually our families were meeting and stuff. It was a you know big trip. Yeah. Uh, but during that off day, we um, 
one of the older guys on the team who had been to Napa numerous times and had a, a guy up there, you know? Yeah. So he picked us up during the off day, and Lauren and I and um, three other guys and their wives or girlfriends went with us. And it was our first kind of experience with Napa and, you know, actually tasting wine and getting to know some of the, you know, what goes into it. And we really were hooked after that trip. Like, it was an awesome trip and um, great day up in Napa. And then, um, you know, throughout the one cool thing, or not one, but one of the many cool things about playing in the big leagues, like, we got to travel around everywhere and got to, you know, experience some great dining experiences and just some really cool things to where, you know, when we did decide to do Sorso, we didn't have a ton of um, experienced in the industry, but we had been able to enjoy the industry so much that we kind of knew what we liked and didn't like and what, what would work. How, how do you think that that's come into play, um, taking what you all like and hoping that everybody else likes it? Yeah, I mean, it's <laughs> it's been a process for sure. Yeah. I mean, I think Lauren and I say it, when we designed Sorso, uh, we assumed we would walk in more often. Right, right. And, you know, Lauren and I, when we get a night out, you know, we like to enjoy ourselves and indulge and maybe spend more than we should. And we just foresaw more of us coming into sources. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I will say our, our average customer probably comes in for a happy hour glass of wine and an appetizer. And, you know, that's fine. They enjoy it and they, yeah. you know. But, but yeah. Um, but, yeah, I don't know. It's been trial and error. And I do think we... I'll give Lauren a lot of credit. She has a good feel for, you know, feeling the, the room or, like, being maybe overly aware of her surroundings to where, you know, we'd do something at Sorso and we'd be in there and kind of be like, okay, this isn't really working or, you know, need to change this up a little bit. And, I mean, we've changed so much. When we initially started out, we thought, oh, we can just do, you know, charcuterie and people come in and try the wine wall and yeah. like, they'll love it. And then we realized, like, we really need to step our food game up to make sure people are in here longer, you know, having that second or third drink and, you know, making sure their ticket might, you know, get yeah. a little higher and they'll spend a little more time in here enjoying the ambiance and everything else. Well, hospitality is not easy. I mean, right. it just isn't. Neither one of you had a background of that, but you have a lot of life experience and you saw a lot of places and you're able to bring a lot of those textures into one location that people can enjoy. And like you said, you just kind of learn from it. But one of the most unique things that you did is that self-serving wine machine. So how did that come? And, and you saw that overseas, right? Yeah. Yeah. That was just another thing. Like we talked about with the experiences, uh, when in 2014, when we went over to Italy to kind of look into playing, like I said, decided not to play that year, but, um, went to a wine bar in Greve and Chianti, which is like middle of Tuscany. And, uh, they had just kind of stumbled upon this place and Lauren is always cross-referencing, you know, or, you know, Google search, yeah. and, you know, whatever. Wikipedia. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, found this place. So we went down in there and it's, it was downstairs and, um, they had the wine machines, but they probably had, I don't know, 150 wines on tap basically. Jeez. And we were able to self-educate through all the regions of Italy, just in this one place. And I mean, it, it was an awesome day and we just loved it the whole time. And it was kind of that day where I'm, I was telling her like, I think, I think we're ready for the next step after baseball and whatever else. And of course we had just enough wine to be like, Oh, we should open a wine bar. Right. Scottsdale. Like Perfect we, timing. Scott's, but I mean, we were kind of like Scottsdale would really enjoy a place like this. Um, and yeah, I don't think that day either of us thought like, oh, this is going to be like the thing that we'll do when we get back home and realize, okay, baseball's over. What's the next step? Yeah. But we talked about it enough that day that, um, 
yeah, that's what happened. We ended up coming home and kind of opening a wine bar. Yeah, I think I think we Googled business plan and then kind of plugged in a few different things and, and saw what stuck. That's amazing. Um, what what's the psychology in 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 your mind that you can kind of relay to people that I mean. You're playing in in ball fields and, you know, I mean, depending on the day, obviously, you know, ravenous fans and people that are really into, you know, that craft. People love their sports teams. They yeah. love their athletes. And so you go from, you know, pretty public to now you're like, OK, we've come to that crossroad. Like mm -hmm. now I got to do something different. And yeah. it's so cool that you have a, you know, a partner in your wife that's like, you know, wanting to do that together. And you guys are able to do that. Cause I'm sure most, you know, a lot of the athletes that aren't married that it, like when their time ends, it's like, shit, it can be depressing, yeah. you know, in essence, cause that becomes their identity. Right. For sure. I think, I don't know what the success rate of marriages is after baseball. Um, but I know it's, probably worse than normal yeah because <laughs> you, know? you go you go from the more than half the year you're on the road half of that time and yeah you you finish up your career and you're together 100 percent of the time you know yeah. <laughs> unless you're running off to do another job or something else so um just to make sure that we kept it fully 100 percent, we decided to open a business together <laughs> yeah exactly make it easy as possible um but i will say i think one thing that really helped lauren and i like even when I was, you know, playing in the big leagues and having good years or you know, having success. We never identified like as I'm a baseball player. That's what I am. Because I mean, yeah. truthfully, even if you have a phenomenal career and play for 20 years in the big leagues, you're going to be not a baseball player a whole lot more than you're going to be good that point. You know, yeah. baseball player or whatever. So I don't know. It was nice that Lauren and I had the same view of it to like. This is what I get to do, and it's a huge honor and, and living a dream um, and would love for it to go on as long as possible. But realistically, there's going to be a lot of life after this career. And so we need to be realistic about, you know, what we're spending or what we're, you know, expecting to be treated. Like, you know, it's, yeah. it's very easy in the big leagues. Like, after a game, you get <laughs> fed a nice meal from, like, the whatever local nice restaurant has catered it in. Yeah. Then you put your suit on, you get on a, a nice bus, drive right up to your chartered flight, you get on the <laughs> flight, and there's more food, more food you, yeah. whatever you want, really. <laughs> and then there's the drinks and cocktails you want on the flight. Then you land in the next city, nice bus to a, a five-star hotel. And, like, they try to make it as easy as possible for you. So it's very easy to kind of buy into that and be like, oh, this is the way I should be treated. This is, you know, mm, kind of and have point. that expectation. So. I think we both have a good perspective of like, you know, this is awesome and I love the way I'm being treated, but also like it's not realistic to kind of expect that unless, you know, I earn it in some other way of just being kind or, you know, treating other people that way. Right. Then I can expect to be treated nicely back. Yeah. And I'm sure a lot of that uh – how do I say that experience and that culture and that availability to that sort of thing creates a mindset, even in your mind, that in your own restaurant, you want to create an experience for people that come in, you know? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I mean, and I've said before, too, it's like the, the restaurant industry, in my mind, I was like, you know, baseball has prepared us well for it because, you know, you're dealing with the entire public, you know, you don't know who's going to walk in, you know, yeah. one day and, and same thing with employees, like employees have completely different backgrounds and different motivations. Um, with baseball, you know, I played with countless guys from Dominican or, you know, different countries and, you know, 
everybody has a different story. So it was nice that the kind of the melting pot of baseball made it easier in the restaurant industry. Um, but, but yeah, it, it was just, once we got into Sorso, it was, it was easy. You know, like you said, Lauren was an athlete in college as well. And so we're motivated to, you know, push things forward and try to get the best out of them. So it was easy and, and fun to both kind of be behind something and, and try to make the best of it. Now, besides COVID, are you guys having fun? I would say we have fun most days. Most yeah, days? Most okay. days. For sure. There's just times you get an email about a bad experience and, you know, it's... Oh, I follow Lauren on TikTok and it's it's great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she, she definitely airs her stuff. Good for her. her chest. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it is funny that everybody has their different opinions and stuff in different situations. And, it, you know, when you read an email, it's so hard to be like, OK, I want to make sure the guest is happy. Right. But I also need to talk to our staff member and see their take on it because it's not always as cut and dry and and usually it's an extreme on one side extreme on the other and the true story is somewhere in between so it's figuring yeah. that out and figuring out how to appease you know the guest as well as make sure you know the staff member the menu clearly there. states gluten-free <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> oh diet um what would you say would be let's go two extremes what's like the hardest part about running the restaurant and what is the most like glorifying part of it um the hardest part is just the day-to-day of not knowing what each day is going to bring. I mean, and we'll go stretches where, you know, no big things happen, you know, but then there'll be a day where it's like, hey, this stopped working. We got a leak here. You know, this guest is complaining. We got a big party, you know, asking for tons of things. And it all, just not knowing which day is going to be the day that, like, everything kind of piles up. Um, I'd say that that's the hardest thing. Um, I think the most rewarding, and Lauren says it all the time, like, it's really cool when we look back at eight years of being in business, like, how many people, and we're really, like, I mean, in the restaurant industry, there's tons of turnover. Yeah. Um, but we're really lucky that we've had a lot of people stay with us for a long time. We have one uh, woman that's been with us the whole time we've been open, which is awesome. That's really cool. Um, but just looking at the different people that, you know, pay their mortgage or we've gotten to know their kids and, like, like I was saying, our, our one server, her son is at ASU now. So, like, we've kind of seen her get him through middle school, high school, and now he's off into college. And, yeah. and knowing that we've provided a business that's helped her pay those bills and, and helped her kind of make sure her son got where he needed to be. And I don't know, it's just been really fulfilling to provide a place where our staff feels comfortable and enjoys coming to work and, and are able to make a good living. That's really what it's all about, isn't it? Yeah. 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 I mean, at the end of the day and, you know, running a a small business or just a business in general, because I can advocate for this because I do it. Um, when you look at all the people that you're able to help and how it just trickles down to, you know, different aspects of their life, um, that's always going to be for me. And like what you just said, the most gratifying part of it. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, it's always great to have a night where we, you know, see record sales or something like that. Right. But I, also, I more love when like we have a friend come in and we know they had a good time and they are overly generous with tipping out one of our servers. You yeah. Know? Like, I don't know, just some of those moments and, and seeing, you know, other friends of ours or different people just from wherever kind of spread the love and yeah obviously they've come in so and enjoyed their experience and they want to reward you know our staff for providing that because we say i mean Sorso, credit to lauren she 
like design the whole place and it it's really cool the ambiance is awesome you go in there and sit down you feel comfortable and it's a nice place to hang out but our staff is phenomenal and i i, I hope it's partially because of the way we treat them and we get that respect back and they kind of pass that on to our our guests but i feel like our service is one thing that really separates us and and it's not because we you know rule with an iron fist it's more because we kind of have our set rules and then we let our staff have their personality and i think they appreciate that and i think our guests do as well i think that's what's unique and beautiful about local business in general and the people that do care about their business and you know lend that out and and that's why you have people that come back and people i, I bet another great aspect of what you do is seeing those regulars those people that come in and they're like oh what which one of your what do you have 32 wines or something you know yeah. which one's new or which ones you know that sort of thing so that's gonna be great yeah yeah it's fun i mean and the quarter is great that whole area because yeah. there's so many apartments and condos and they just keep building in and we don't complain because it's just more built-in business and more locals but yeah i mean there's there's a few people that come in uh one woman who's a regular and she's just like, oh, it just feels like these kids are all my family. Yeah. So she comes in and checks on them. Like, even if she's not stopping in to have a drink or right. or lunch or whatever, she's still stopping in to like and check on our favorite servers and, you know, see how they're doing. So that's, that's beautiful. Yeah. Um, after, so besides chasing three kids around and after, you know, baseball and, and, and obviously you don't have a... Uh, um, the same regimen that you have, but I'm always curious to know because I'm kind of a biohacker myself, and and I feel mind body is always the most important. If you can't take care of yourself, you can't take care of other people. So, what are mm -hmm. like some of your personal traits that you do now to just like just stay motivated and shape, mind clear, all that sort of stuff? Yeah. So I will say it was it's quite an adjustment to for the majority of my life. Like I always be focused on take care of my body and mind to be able to perform on the field as well as possible. So once that gets taken away and that motivation, the reason that I've been working so hard in the gym or whatever is gone, it, it was definitely an adjustment. Um, but I don't know, my wife and I both just, it's good that we're, we're athletes because we, we know no more than like I, I didn't realize, <laughs> you know, I, I'd be training, getting ready for my season and just have limitless information about okay like this food does this for you or you know this is best to eat at this time of day or yeah you know, different things that break down better than others and just so much information and it's funny when i get talking <laughs> to some people and that's not like common knowledge and no. like, i kind of forgot that i was just being fed all this information yeah um but you know now we we try to I don't know. We're, we're to the point where we just want to make sure we're taking care of our body. And it, it's somewhere along the line it switched. I'd like to think I'm still young, <laughs> but I'm 41, sneaking over 42. Uh -huh. And at a certain point, it's about taking care of your body and mind just for quality of life, you know? Like, well, yeah, your like, hormones start going to shit. I mean, just all yeah. these things. I'm, I'm broaching 50, <laughs> and I'm just like, come on, everything to do to stay shredded. You know, yeah. it's ridiculous. Yeah. yeah, but it is amazing. I mean... Anytime, like I'll go on stretches where I just kind of get locked in on chasing kids around or sports or whatever and, and work and then just kind of decide to skip out on workouts for, you know, a yeah. couple weeks. And it's amazing. As soon as I get back into even just get some elliptical in or lift some weights or just get something going, all of a sudden I'm feel so much better about myself yeah and go about yeah. my day in better mood so or call me to come help you plant trees in your backyard we're gonna do that i'm, we, I'm ready to go man yeah. i got my overalls that's lauren's next project that's so. awesome <laughs> I've got, lauren give me a call i'm coming over to plant trees um i love gardening as you guys know um i want to talk about uh your guys charity on domestic violence and please give it a you know 
give it what it needs to to be heard so that people understand how important this is and you know how you guys are involved yeah so what year was the first year um we so we work with chrysalis which is a phoenix-based domestic abuse agency that's been in the valley shoot close to 40 years or so now i don't know what it's changed a lot over the yeah. you know, 12 years or so we've worked with them. But um, Lauren really, we had, we had done, uh, started a charity event in Kansas City um, for the YMCA, their challenger division for kids with special needs. And it's pretty awesome. They still have the event going. I think this is like the 16th year or something. Wow. Um, but we started that and then, of course, got traded to Chicago. So we decided if we're going to do anything again, it needs to be in our actual hometown and obviously you know now that my career's over we don't go too many other places yeah. so so lauren started volunteering for chrysalis um and kind of went in and was making copies and talked to the ceo there and just was like i'd like to do a little bit more than just you know staple papers or whatever. <laughs> um, and at the time i remember the ceo likes to tell the story but patricia's like oh yeah lauren's like i my i think i was still boyfriend or maybe newly husband at the time like oh my husband i'm you know, has a bit of a platform and like, we'd like to do a little bit more. We might be able to help raise some money. And she's like, okay, sure. Yeah. You know, expect whatever. Yeah. yeah. Expecting like a 10% give back at a local restaurant or something. Yeah. You know? Um, but we started a, a, it's called driving out domestic violence. Um, and we did a golf tournament and then a gala. And the first year we did it in our backyard up in North Scottsdale. Oh, wow. And it was, we got, everything donated like we were just hustling to get anything donated and i will say like when you're playing baseball you know in kansas city especially when i was there and one of the guys on the team like everything kind of you asked for a donation people were very giving that's cool here like i never played with the diamondbacks and you know even though i was still playing music baseball it was a harder ask but it was still we had a lot of guys involved um so we did the charity event in our backyard, um, and some people showed up thinking it was a barbecue, and <laughs> like, no, no, <laughs> we're trying to raise a lot of money here. So yeah. Anyway, but it, it ended up kept growing and growing, and by the the I don't know maybe fifth year, we were about 500 people, and we were doing it over at um, um, different hangers and everything else, and it was great because the baseball community really supports each other. So we probably had 30 major league baseball players there each That's event. That's cool. And yeah, it was really cool. So, I mean, over the years, I think we've raised close to $3 million for Chrysalis. Wow. Yeah, I should have polished up on my numbers exactly. That's all right. but, yeah. but yeah, it, I mean, tons and tons of money for Chrysalis. I mean, it's just been awesome to be yeah. involved with it. And um, last this year, I guess it's last year now, November, um, I think we did our last one. It was our 10th year. And, and we kind of told Chrysalis, like, just with our kids getting older and everything yeah. else like we want to help them transition that into something else but but yeah we we dove into that full-on and tons of credit again to lauren i'm giving her a lot of credit but yeah that's all right she deserves, she deserves it. it yeah <laughs> so but yeah she she unfortunately dealt with some domestic abuse in her house when she was growing up yeah. and you know credit to her she turned that into motivating her to try to you know make a difference rather than let it hold her back so yeah that's uh, it, it's beautiful it's beautiful when people are able to do that through unfortunate circumstances for sure so, no this is awesome all right i got some cool uh, rapid fire questions for you you ready for this yes i am okay <laughs> um would you do nude gardening or bungee jumping Oof. <laughs> <laughs> 
are both being filmed or just kind of <laughs> casual this is no activities? Filming. No filming, just casual activity. I mean, I think nude gardening would be nice yeah. as long as it's followed up with like a nice dip in the pool afterwards. There you go. A glass of wine, right? Am I planning our afternoon first? No, no, I'm not going <laughs> to nude garden with you. Don't worry. Um, uh, unless you want to, I mean, whatever. Uh, Bigfoot or aliens? Ooh. Bigfoot. I find myself getting locked in on those yeah. shows, like guys that saw it, and <laughs> I don't know. He's. I, I. I think there's something out there. I will say I didn't know how many areas claimed Bigfoot because we, during COVID, our kids weren't in school, so we <laughs> bought a travel trailer and kind of hit the, yeah. the northwest. And I thought like we'd get to a, a city and they'd be like, oh yeah, this Bigfoot headquarters is kind of where Bigfoot's seen the most. <laughs> and then we'd drive for four hours and pull up on a place and be like. This is actually known for Bigfoot. Right. Like, oh. <laughs> so, so I don't know. Apparently, everywhere in the Northwest, he just Bigfoot. traveled where you guys did. Yeah, he yeah. just happened to have different places. Yep. Oh, that's hilarious. Um, uh, the cabin or the ocean? Ooh, if you ask me, in my youth, I would say the beach because I grew up in California and we get our, you know, couple of trips in a year yeah. to San Clemente and loved it. Um, but. We actually spend a fair amount of time in Flagstaff now, trying to get out of the heat in the summer, and and I love the mountains now. It's it's, it's nice beautiful and up there, peaceful, and yeah. yeah, yeah. And you hang out with the uh, Mr. Tim from some burrows up there. Yeah, yeah, as much as we can. You guys, we, doing a little partying up there. A little bit, yeah. A little, little golf. A little golf. He beat me last time we played, so I got to change that this year. But, oh, yeah. shit! I'm, don't invite me to that club. Me, neither of us are great golfers. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah, invite yeah. me to that club then. <laughs> uh, beer or tequila? <sighs> Again, I think I'd say in younger years, I'd go beer all the time. But uh, now you're sophisticated? Yeah. <laughs> shockingly, over the last year or so, a nice tequila is, yeah. you know, I, I enjoy my tequila now. And you and you do have other things at Sorzo other than wine. Yeah. Well, we first started, well, I mean, you remember, yeah. but you only had to insure us for uh, beer and wine. Right. <laughs> and then we decided to ump the ante and you know, yeah. bring out liquor, which has been great. I mean, yeah. with beer and wine, it was awesome, but I also felt like we missed out on some groups that, you know, people wanted. Their tequila, their vodka, hundred percent. Yeah, so now we're able to accommodate that. You got the big, big boy license. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's worth a lot now. Yeah, yeah, a lot. <laughs> um, Italian food or Canadian food? I don't know what Canadian food is. Nobody likes Canadian food. Poutine? Is that <laughs> poutine. <laughs> we have one item on the menu. Pasta or poutine? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so I would go Italy all day. Right. Yeah. No, nobody's ever said, we're making Canadian tonight. <laughs> yeah. Like, not happening. Stop by the Canadian restaurant. Right. Down the yeah. yeah. Um, if you're going to be a fan of baseball, are you a fan of the D-backs or the Royals? Uh, Royals. Okay. I mean, I will say we went to a D-backs game the other day, and the kids loved it. And, and I'm... I, I'm not just saying it because they're local, but they they're one organization that has like some young talent coming up. So they're they're more exciting to watch right now. I mean, obviously, it's tough with the Dodgers and Padres spending all kinds of money. But but, yeah, the Royals is where I broke in and yeah. where I met Lauren and uh, spent bulk of my career there. So I'll always be a Royals fan and, and make my kids a Royals fan. It's not too hard to convince them. But no, not at all. Yeah. But I, I mean, randomly, though, my our oldest, he's like, I'm a uh, Orioles fan as well. I like Baltimore. <laughs> I was like, like what? Why? Nobody like, likes Baltimore. Who's a Baltimore fan? Yeah, but they're actually one team that's young and coming on too. Coming up as well. But yeah, I let him make his own decisions because when I was young, I usually just picked one of the teams in the World Series and said that was my team. But one of my favorite World Series, I believe I'm stating the facts here. I want to say, but I just remi- remember in a childhood memory was uh, was it the Royals and the Cardinals, St. Louis Cardinals? 
Yes. Yeah. And it was like a 85. crazy world. Yeah. Yeah. I remember that as a kid. Yeah. I, yeah. Was George Brett playing back then? Yeah. Yeah. He was on the team. Yeah. 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 Pine tar or whatever all that shit was. Yeah. yeah. And there, there was a big call in like game six that. That's right. Yeah. Might have. Royals might have got a little help on that one, but then they came out and won game seven. So, but yeah, 80, 85 was obviously anytime in Kansas City, they were talking about that nonstop and. It was nice in 2015 when they got another one. So. It, yeah, it would be cool to go back and watch those old series now yeah. that we're old. Yeah, you know? exactly. Um, how uh, Snoop Dogg or Aerosmith? Oof. I think Snoop Dogg. I, I like that with, well, with him, it's not. With certain bands, I'm like, okay, they've gotten older now, and I'm, yeah. I'm ready for, like, the next thing. With Snoop, I feel like he just kind of stays. He evolves. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Somehow, I mean, he also does Skechers commercials, so right. I don't respect all of them. <laughs> <but. laughs> yeah, those are old people's shoes, aren't they? I think so. I'm, yeah. I've been trying them on lately. Yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> I need to feel good on my feet. Yeah. Well, it's funny because when you do, like I, as you know, I worked in the music business for a long time, and a lot of my, you know, heroes per se in that genre are like uh, bands that are still producing, like mm-hmm. Def Leppard. They just yeah. came. They just came out with a great new album. Yeah. You know, uh, I mean, even Foo Fighters are up there. They're doing good. You know, yeah. so you look at it, and it's like some of those guys probably should retire, but then there's some that are still making good music and still and still touring. Like Guns N' Roses hasn't made an album in like twenty something years, but yeah. they're still touring on Appetite for Destruction, all that stuff, and people yeah. are still going and paying and listening to it. You know, yeah. no, it's, it's crazy. I, we have. Uh, I went to Garth Brooks, obviously different genres than both those, but I went to Garth Brooks' uh, farewell tour yeah. like 20 years ago. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Still, I mean, he's had like 18 of them, but I mean. Right. Just like Kiss. Yeah. yeah. But I mean, it, it is impressive that people can continue to, um, you know, produce music as long as they're continuing to stay kind of relevant and, you know, changing right. with the times a little bit. But, you know. Then people pay the money to see it. Exactly. All right. Last one. Captain Crunch or Frosted Flakes? <sighs> These are really hard, aren't they? Yeah, this is, this is tough, actually, because with Captain Crunch, I feel like the flavor of Captain Crunch jumps out to me more, but the top of my mouth always hurts after, you know, those, it can be it can be rough on the mouth. It can be very rough. So I feel like Frosted Flakes might be the play. I think you're right. Yeah. I love the Frosted Flakes, man. <laughs> oh, my God. All right. It has been a pleasure having you. If there's um, a place that you want people to find you, where is it? Uh, Wikipedia, I guess. Wikipedia? <laughs> no, I mean, I you have know. social handles you want to share, or just go to Sorzo and drink wine? Is yeah, Sorzo Wine Room is, has all the handles and everything. I mean, I do have my Instagram, my Twitter, and it's just, I think, just my name, Mark Tien or Mark TTN. But yeah. But yeah. Awesome. Track me down wherever. Track you down wherever. Yep. All right. Well, this was fun. Thank you so much for being a part of it. And uh, until next time, everybody, please uh, like, share, five star. Just don't be lazy. Be cool. Um, appreciate that. Um, and uh, follow me at I am the Delo. And uh, other than that, I'm going to give you the space. There we go. And we're all out. Peace out. See you, everybody.